Hello, and welcome back to the Biz Alchemist podcast. I am your host, Fallon Jordan, and I am so excited and delighted to have the amazing Art Geyser here with me. Thank you so much for being here, Art. Thrilled to be here. So excited. So I spend most of my Sunday afternoons in his Change the World from Your Living Room meditation and energy clearing. So I'll put the link below because I'll probably reference it a few times today. But Art is, he's a creator of energetic NLP. So if you've heard of neuro-linguistic programming, if you're a fan, he brings this unique medicine of energy work to that. He is an internationally renowned NLP trainer, intuitive and healer. He's been doing NLP training for over 38 years, which is amazing because I'm 38. Yeah. And- And he does coaching, medical research, transformative healing, clairvoyance. And one of the coolest things that still just like makes me beyond excited and grateful to talk to you is that he's had two empowerments from the Dalai Lama, which is just so cool. And he works with corporations and businessmen and exceptional leaders and teams. And that's why I'm so excited to have you in this space because for a while, you know, we, I wasn't telling the clients I was working with or businessmen that I do a lot of energy work. I was kind of just like doing it and not telling them. And then they'd be like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I can tell you about my little secret, but now because of people like you paving this way and it being just completely normal thing, I just am so excited to hear more of, you know, how you discovered your mission when you decided to start a business. And then when you realized business and energy work, like have to be together all the time. Um, well, and, and let me just clarify that um, some of my clients know that I'm doing energy work. Some of them don't. And um, oh, okay, cool. particularly because, you know, a lot of my clients are like fortune 50, fortune 100 companies. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm debating sometimes making it totally out there, but part of the problem is, um, it, you know, it, it, it can hurt their stock, you know, if, if they get, you know, attacked for it. Like, it's like I gave a, a talk once in London and there was a reporter from the Times, which is, you know, the paper in London. The Times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and she goes, oh, I loved your talk. It was so valuable, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I'd love to write about it, but they won't print it unless I rip you up. And I'm not going to do that. Wow. So, that doesn't surprise yeah. me, though, unfortunately. No, no. And so um, I, I'm very mindful with, uh, clients who are either public figures or, um, you know, in corporate settings that, um, it's not necessarily to their advantage if that's publicly what I'm saying. Right. Everybody know everything I do is permission-based. I can talk about that later, but it doesn't have to be verbal permission. There are other ways to get permission from their spirit. Yes. Oh, I love that. I just got goosebumps there. Miraculous self. I love when you talk about that. So when did you realize that you had a passion for, I don't even know how, I know you've been doing this for 38 years, but like you're, when you started working, finding your career, that kind of stuff. And then like how that's shifted throughout time. Well, since I was very young, I was interested in two things. One was science and pushing back the frontiers of science and research and the other was the powers of the unconscious mind and uh, energy work. And I, I just knew things like telepathy were real. I just knew it. And even when I was in elementary school, I was hypnotizing friends and cousins. And um, 
So I was always interested in all of that, but I didn't really go deeply into any of it. And then I went to college and I, I um, you know, people weren't as entrepreneurial back then, 30, 38 years before you were born. Or, no, more than that. No, not more than that. I'm as old as I am. Um, but um, uh, so, and I, I did like science. So I was a biology major. And by the time I graduated, I knew that wasn't really it for me. But I didn't had had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I moved to San Francisco and for a few months, I just worked in a restaurant because I just wanted to chill out and have fun, which I did <laughs> and, and I don't regret. And then I thought, well, okay, it's time to get a real job. And I still had no idea what I wanted. And you know, back in the day, people tend to think of you'd have a career for life. You might change jobs, but you had your career. And nothing seemed like it was it. And I'd always had this belief that something was just going to show up. And so I thought, well, maybe I can get a research job for a while you know, until I figure it out. And miraculously, they hired me because I, I don't even think I really had the minimum requirements, but they liked me in the interview. And, you know, they liked my integrity and a lot of things about me. Um, and then ended up managing this research lab and got stuck. And I was there for, for many years trying to figure out, still know what I want to do. I still know what I want to do. And then I, I discovered NLP and then that changed everything. That is amazing. And it's so funny when I kind of like did my rebrand and stuff and it's like business alchemy. So transmuting, transforming, it's just, everything has changed. And I love how you started in restaurants because I did too. And I loved that part of my life. It was so fun. So if you want to continue, just like, what was the next step after embracing NLP and like when the energetic NLP piece of that was integrated? Well, and, and, and I just have to laugh that um, I think I maybe had past lives as an alchemist because even when I was, we left Virginia when I was five. So I, I couldn't have been older than five. I would sneak down the basement and just grab any kind of chemicals, paints, anything and mix them together because I wanted to see what would happen. So I've always had this desire to take things and well, this is good and this is good, but if you mix them together, can you get something better? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I discovered NLP, saw a flyer on the wall, felt like a bolt of lightning went through me and I'm not going to go through the whole story now and then started studying NLP and it was like everything in my life changed. You know, just the whole way I looked at everything and and it all made so much sense. And the um, even in classes, I'd work with people and it would change their lives, you know, because we, you know, we'd come back like a week and a month kind of thing. And people would be telling me all these amazing things that happened after we did an exercise in the class. And so that, well, apparently I'm pretty good at this and got invited to be part of a, a Leslie Cameron Bandler was one of the developers of NLP at a research group developing new parts of NLP. And I got invited to be part of it, even though I was still in the basic program, because all the assistants were impressed by me and the trainers. And they thought, well, maybe it'd be good to have somebody naive in the group. So all of a sudden, every two weeks, I, I, you know, I'm leaving through the basic course, and we're developing new things. And I'm working with these incredible people and learning like a sponge. And, but also, from people from the programs, I started learning about healing and energy work and started studying that. because I. I'd done just a little bit with it before, but I'd never gone deeply into it. And they introduced me to teachers and they taught me things. And then it was just like with NLP, it was like, then I couldn't get enough of it. And then the alchemist in me started going, 
huh, well, NLP is super good at this, but it has these drawbacks. And energy works super good at this, but it has these limitations. Spiritual principles are super good at this and have their limitations. And so I started weaving them together, and that was the birth of energetic NLP back in the mid-1980s. That is amazing. And then do you remember like your first, what felt like to you, like your first big client or like your first big speaking engagement and what that felt like, and then how that kind of just causes ripple effect of you being all over stages, all over the world teaching? Well, originally I, I didn't think I wanted to work with businesses. I had a somewhat hippie mentality. And I, I thought of corporations, you know, the whole model that was still there and it's still there in some places of like the 50s corporation dehumanizing take orders make people cogs in a machine you know and and all of that so but people kept asking me to help them with business uh and i'd go oh yeah it's not really my thing but tell me what's going on and i'd give them advice and one woman goes i goes more i want more <laughs> i started exploring things and then uh I was invited to, um, there's a group, the American Society of Training and Development. I think they're still around, um, but they were really big years ago for sure. And so somebody who'd taken one of my classes invited me to come speak to that group in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the University of Michigan is. And that was my first time really being out there where it was more, you know, the whole frame was a business frame. And I realized <clears throat> I really liked it and I had a lot to offer people. And then um, it, it was funny. People kept um, opening doors for me at two different times. I would, I would, I, I met people in the NLP community who were doing a lot of work with businesses, and the same thing happened both times. They said, "Oh, you want to have dinner?" And I went, "Yeah." And uh, we're having dinner, and, and they're telling me about their business. And somewhere in the middle of dinner, it dawns on me that, like, are you asking me to work with you? And both times, the person was like, "Well, yeah." And I went. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just I thought you were just telling me about your business. <laughs> so I ended up working with this really brilliant woman who had a consulting firm that was um early on when um the collaborative software um they called it groupware back then. Um, you know, people were using the internet to collaborate. She was like a real pioneer and all of that. And we had clients like Intel and changing the way they built their their uh chip factories, which are you know multi-billion dollar factories and stuff. And um, uh, I was mainly involved in like the, you know, she was super into the technology and I was like, okay, what's the human aspects of communication and collaboration and where are there gonna be problems? And, you know, how do you solve the problems and, and how do you find the best ways to maximize it? And then I was having dinner with this other guy <laughs> years later and the same thing. and. It, when you asked me to work with you. And then he started introducing me to the work of Chris Arduous and other, um, uh, and, and more the S kind of breakthrough technologies and things that you could add into. Chris Arduous, for people who, who don't know, he's, uh, I think he was a professor at MIT and a lot of articles in the Harvard Business Review and, and books and really had a whole, um, incredible approach to how people are leaders and teams and work in organizations. And uh, he's one of those people that if there's a easy way to say it and a hard way to say it, he'll say it the hard way. I mean, he, he actually, people confronted him. He likes it. He likes it making it difficult. 
But a lot of great ideas and influenced a lot of consultants. And so again, I was getting more things to go in the alchemist pot, you know, the some things from the kind of S type um, or landmark um, breakthrough tech uh, ways of thinking and things from Chris Arduous and then other uh, leaders and in, in looking at new ways for businesses to operate. So, and then I, I got some mentors who were really incredible who would teach me things about executive coaching and, you know, and I'd be going like, how can I coach an executive? I don't really know much about businesses. And, you know, and people would keep going, they're not hiring you to know about business. They have other people for that. They're hiring you for how to be a leader, how to communicate, how to deal with their own limitations and blocks. And I went, oh, that I can do. And worked with a, a not everybody knows. It's funny, a lot of my clients are super important companies, but not everybody knows who they are. So Pfizer, um, people are more familiar with that now since uh, COVID, but Pfizer, which, and I also worked for GlaxoSmithKline. So at the time, they were number one and number two largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Hewlett Packard, Sony, uh, Hitachi Data Systems, um, in, in a number of different groups. And each one I was uh, even gold mines, a lot, a lot of different kinds of situations. And I was amazed at how the energetic NLP work um, could help in all of those situations, could make teams more effective, leaders more effective. And part of what was great about it is I realized I could help leaders be more effective by being who they are. Just being, like I would tell people, I'm not trying to change who you are, I just want you to be skillful because then you can be more of who you are. You're just not skillful about it yet. You know? <laughs> I love that. You know, because there's no one way, you know, there's the charismatic leader, there's the introvert leader. I mean, you can be a leader, any of a million different styles. There's certain things that need to be there, but you can do it with your own personality. It's just learning to do your personality well and stretching a little bit here and there, you know. A hundred percent, yeah. And I think, what we need more than ever is that spectrum of different types of leaders and different types of healers, because you're not for everyone and you're meant to serve a certain type of person in a specific type of way. And I love that you are helping people be more authentic because that is the topic of the century. <laughs> when the other thing that, that I realized early on is that, and, and this was part of what I, I learned a ton from the consultants I worked with. I mean, we, we could take a team um, in three and a half days, we could take a team that hated each other and turn them into a good team. And it would last, I mean, for years. And uh, so but then I but more and more, and a lot of it was about opening up communication, but I realized that when leaders would go, well, how do I be a better leader? I'd go set an environment where people feel safe telling you what they want and need. Mm -hmm. And, and and be able to have conversations about it without anybody being attacked or, or defensive and just how to really talk about what they need and, and want. And then, you know, and then how you are aren't willing to, to match that. But then when you have those conversations, a team will make you into their great leader because they'll, they'll coach you into it. You know? right. So you have to figure it out. And then, and then there's techniques both from energetic NLP from the energy level, but from uh, regular NLP for communication level about how to have difficult conversations, how to 
uh, help people be understood and create an environment where it's safe to have real conversations that are productive, real conversations, not venting sessions. You know? Right. I feel like I don't even like that word anymore, venting. <laughs> you know, it has its place, but it's a very small. Yeah. <laughs> this one consulting firm I worked with once said, the woman who, who owned it, I mean, every now and again, you know, when she just go, can I vent for a minute? I go, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you but you have to have a good relationship. <laughs> yeah. For that to work. But but yeah, venting usually makes everything worse. <laughs> and what I hate is and and it's so well intended, you know, albeit different kinds of events, somebody will say something very unskillfully and um not their fault, because they don't know how to do it skillfully. And but in a way that's really divisive. And somebody else will go, Oh, it was so brave of you to say that. And I'm thinking, no, actually, <laughs> you didn't help yourself. You didn't help anybody else. And and not your fault because you don't know better. But it's not about being brave to speak your mind. It's about learn how to do it in a way without um, uh, making other people feel attacked. And it's a very learn. It's not even hard. It's actually very learn easy. It's one of the basic things we we teach in NLP. That's amazing. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. Like, does that mean you can help me with my trolls <laughs> that are saying these ridiculous things on my social media comments? <laughs> you, you can. I mean, it. it um, yeah. It, you know, if you choose to. Um, yeah, and and you can have a lot of fun with trolls. Um, <laughs> I'm excited we're going here. <laughs> I mean, it depends on where I think they're coming from. You know that. Sometimes I actually try to help them and engage them. And other times, occasionally I've commented back to people go, I don't think you know how Facebook works. Every time you comment, they show more, my stuff to more people because they want engagement and you're giving them engagement. So keep the negative comments coming because you're, you're only helping me. Wow. <laughs> I am very excited about this. And it's so funny how, you know, a lot of things that I say, I know trigger people like that's part of my mission is to ruffle feathers and have you take right. responsibility. But lately, one of my clients has been getting trolls and I'm like so protective of him and he's an amazing service. He's actually my podcast sponsor, your healthy brain hyperbarics and hyperbaric oxygen therapy is amazing. It helps so many people of all ages with all these different ailments. I call it a time machine it reverses your biological age. And he's like having people like give him crap for how much he's charging, which is like significantly less than most people are charging. And I just got like triggered about that this morning. And now I feel really excited and prepared to help him. <laughs> yeah, and, and part of it is, um, you know, if you, if you want to do it skillfully, yeah, uh, you know, you can, you can say things like, well, I'm curious, is this comment come? Are you worried about people not being able to get help? Are you, does it just bother you that other people make money? Does it? Yeah, I mean, you can give them different choices, but um, um, but often if you can get to what's really uh, underneath it, and sometimes I'll, 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 I don't get it often, but you know, occasionally get the person like, oh, "You're charging money for spiritual work," you know, and um, you know, and depending on how they they go about it, you know. I've, 
it's called pacing and leading in NLP, where you you you, um, uh, you you talk to what's really underneath it for them. So, I mean, is it really concerned about other people? Is it saying that they can't afford it? You know, so I mean, if you think it's that, you can say, well, I'm wondering where your comments come from. Are you saying that you can't afford it and you want it? Do you want to have a conversation? You know, um, or you could go, are you worried that other people can't afford it? You know, and then if you want to, to actually have a conversation, which again, boosts your ratings on Facebook. So I've so, deliberately sometimes engaged <laughs> trolls so they keep answering me back. And <laughs> I'll go, you may wonder why I keep answering you. <laughs> Here's why. Facebook is going, ooh, there's all these responses. I'm going to show this to more people because that's how the algorithm works. They don't care if it's negative or positive. So send as many negative comments as you want. <laughs> that's amazing. And for the record, art is, I mean, I know and follow a lot of people in this space. You offer like the most free spiritual guidance. Like you do so many events and I will put links below so people can join those, but you are definitely being an impeccable steward and being of divine service to everyone. And I thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. I had somebody recently, like I did a very low cost online workshop and she objected to that. I was selling an expensive program during it. And, and just so everybody knows, was not high pressure. It was not, you have to buy by a certain time. You know, there's none of that. Um, you know, and I've, I, you know, and I, and with her, I just kind of, and, and I didn't like the whole tone of her letter. It was just very, you know, morally superior. And I went, well, I do at least, at least one free session for people every week, often more. I have hundreds of hours of free programs out, you know, out in the internet and YouTube and other things. And blah, blah, blah. And I go, you must do an amazing amount of free work that you object to me selling something. She didn't respond. But I mean, in that <laughs> case, but, but sometimes, sometimes I, it, it's just, I'm having fun with them. And yeah. like, but other times, um, you know, if I think somebody's really sincere, you know, I'll go, well, you know, you know, I, I understand. And you're concerned about whether people can afford this and whether they can get help. And I appreciate that. And then, I, and then I'll make whatever point I want, which is overall what I recommend to people. But but you have to let yourself have fun with the trolls sometimes. I love that. That was so helpful. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I, the last one of that, a woman one time, she, and, and again, I rarely get these, but every now and then she sends one of those pictures of a pile of, of poo-poo. You know, and, um, um, and then she sends me a, a quote from Jesus. And I just answered her and I went, Jesus preached love and you sent me a hateful comment. He would not approve of you. <laughs> but I did that. But I did that partially to help her to kind of go, you know, you 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 call yourself a Christian and you're this is important to you, and you're sending hateful messages. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So I, I like to believe that that it made her think, you know, because I didn't attack her, but you know, I just went. Yeah. <laughs> So, but for, but I, I think it's important for everybody. If you're going to let the trolls stop you, you don't wimp out. Yeah, and I think that is a lot of stucks. I mean, that was definitely a stuck I had, and then I finally just kind of had to be like, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I'm really good at helping the people that want the help. And if you don't, then I'll send you love and hope that one day in some lifetime you decide to get 
help, but also just like living your mission, right? Like the people that come to us are like, I know what I want to do. I just need help putting it together. And it's like, I would be happy to do that for you. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, um, boy, it's just so important again, that either ignore them, respond back in a loving way or have fun with them. (laughs) Any of those, but ignoring them is fine too. Um, but just, um, we can't let that stop us, you know? Exactly. You know, you think of anybody you admire, you, you can be sure they get tons of nasty messages. That's me. I'm you know. able to like take a breath and think about that. But yeah. so much of my work is like when my friends or my clients, like someone like is mean to them, like I just get like kind of crazy. <laughs> and, and just if you don't mind my saying, I, I appreciate your protectiveness in that. And then you're kind of layering into their problem rather than going, I, I saw a TV show once where a guy was a new reporter and he goes, I got a death threat. And everybody, and, and somebody goes, Jim got a death threat. And everybody goes, yay, you got your first death threat. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And yes, I love that. I will willingly accept that. That's very helpful. The badge of honor, you know, means you're, you know, um, I know a lot of people do believe that if you're not upsetting some people, you're not, you're not saying much of anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a crazy world out there. So I am excited to hear, I just wanted to close up by asking, I think definitely what we just talked about is, is a stuck and then also the tactical side of the business. So do you remember a big stuck point for you? And then when you said, I need help, I need to do this. And like the support came in, how that kind of worked out for you? Oh, yeah. It's hard to think of one. Um, I mean, well, you know, every aspect of business. I, I think the biggest stuck point is not getting help early on and you know, at least get free. I mean, there's so much free stuff on the YouTube and the internet now, like like this. And um, but um, you know, particularly for men, don't try to do it all yourself. Don't think you have to know the answers. Smart people go to other smart people and go teach me. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, I was thinking of today when I was first studying NLP, and I was just pretty hippie-ish. Somebody said, "Oh, we can get a group together and we can study with them." Um, it's either Jay Abraham or, or Dan Kennedy. I can't remember. It was one of those two. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to take a sales course. <laughs> it's a marketing <laughs> course. It's like, ooh. And of course, then that was like, that would have changed my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might not have done exactly the way they talked about, but it would, it would have really helped me to see that like, well, marketing sales is getting your work out in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there are, are ways to do it. So. To me, um, every part of, of having a, a business is something that you should be talking to other people and finding out what they do, what they think. You know, people that are successful, that um, really know it. You know, I've wasted so much time figuring things out for myself. And often what I figured out for myself was still here and could have been. <laughs> well, I appreciate that because I think there's a lot of people listening who or like, well, like I'm doing good. I'm not like overwhelmed yet, but that's the point is like ask for the help before you get overwhelmed. 
And like, you want to have that foundation. Like it's, it's normal to have the bookkeeper. It's normal to have the podcast editor. It's normal to have the assistant. Like those are things that just naturally happen in a business. And the more money I make, the more support I need. And it just becomes this, you know, this beautiful transformative experience for the business. Well, in the workshop that I was sponsoring earlier today, uh, in which for like heart-centered entrepreneurs, uh, a friend of mine was teaching it and, and selling. And this woman was going, well, I'm at the point now, I, I'm, I'm still just doing free sessions with people. And I just put a message for go, even how you set that up is something to think about now. So, you know, it, it's a big difference between, well, I'm doing free sessions versus I've just gotten my certification and I, um, uh, you know, I'm offering free sessions so I can get testimonials and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, so you're setting it up as I'm a real business and people ah. think of you that way and then we'll refer you as opposed to, oh, I'm brand new. And would you let me, you know, which was what I did at the first originally too. And it, it's thinking, it's being able to put on your business hat all the way along and realize that's not being not spiritual and i used to think that took all the fun out of it it can actually be a lot of fun <laughs> you know and it's a lot more fun than struggling <laughs> you know <laughs> a lot more fun than struggling so yeah i really advise people wherever you and, and even if you're very experienced you know the best people you know people know the stephen covey line is sharpen your saw you know that you you keep taking courses from people you keep learning and um, and the other thing I'd add in is for people, uh, energy work can really make a big difference in your business. And obviously, I think energetic NLP is a great way to learn that. But there are other ways, too. And that when you can work with people through whatever modalities you're doing, even if it's like an insurance salesman, but whether you're a healer or whatever, but then learning how to use energies to help make your business work and to, and to help um so I have a woman who just started studying with me that she teaches dance and she took some workshops from me and she realized, oh my God, if I incorporate energy work into dance, it's going to be amazing, you know, and, uh, and she's got great ideas about it. So, you know, you can incorporate energy work into literally anything. 100%. So if there's one takeaway, it's definitely, and you work in your business, that is, I mean, really, that's the key, right? Just make everything as fun and easy as possible because things don't have to be that hard. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm glad I look back on the things I made so hard. It's like, and there's still things that make hard, but now I go to people and go, um, uh, you know, okay, how, how do I do this more efficiently or how do I have somebody else do it? <laughs> or, well, I love that. I'm so grateful for you and all of your beautiful insights. Thank you. It was so fun to talk to you. And I will put some links in the show notes for you guys so you can get into Arts World. It's a beautiful healing place to be. And just so grateful you guys tuned in to the Biz Alchemist podcast today. And I will see you next time.